This episode is brought to you by Michael's Business English, the online language school for busy English language learning professionals. Learn more at michaelsbusinessenglish.com. You are listening to the International Careers Show, a podcast dedicated to supporting international students, professionals, and business owners. We'll be diving into case studies of people just like you, as well as talking to thought leaders and experts to learn more about how global citizens can navigate and achieve success all over the world. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, a former six-figure analytic consultant turned ESL instructor and career coach and the founder of Michael's Business English. Building an international career is hard work, so if you're looking for help, you're in the right place. Welcome back to the International Career Show. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, and today's episode is Job Search Advice for Immigrant Professionals with Lydia Huang. Um, Lydia is a talent acquisition partner, also known as a recruiter, at the Pokemon International Company, and she's also a job search advisor for immigrant professionals at Upwardly Global. Excuse me. Uh, Upwardly Global's mission is to eliminate employment barriers for skilled immigrants and refugees and integrate this population into the professional U.S. workforce. Ultimately, Lydia hopes that she can utilize her recruiting skills to help professionals find their dream jobs and make some impact in our community. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Lydia. Hi, thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to share my job search experience and provide some of the advice with the audience here. Um, And hopefully those information could benefit someone who is currently in job market. Right, I think so. I've been following uh, you for a while now on LinkedIn. You have some great stuff. So very happy to have you here. Thank you. All right, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of background, education, and experience? Yeah, so I moved to Seattle from Taiwan in 2015, uh, which was five years ago. Time flies. Uh, Prior to that, I had around two years sales experience in retail space. And then I traveled to Australia for around a year, then back to Taiwan. And that was a time that I started to think that I need to invest more time and money into my education. So I decided to go study at University of Washington. Uh, back then, they have this nine-month marketing program for professionals. And I was in that uh, program. And once the program completed, then I started my job search journey. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. So you st- it sounds like you, know, you have started out in sales. And then you decided to get into marketing. Is that about mm-hmm. accurate? Yes, that is. Um, I mean, like to get into the sales is kind of like accident, right? Because in the beginning, I really don't know what what can I do. Um, so I just thought that I like to talk to people. So why not just start with like sales? I know you said you were studying marketing, but how did you end up discovering your interest in recruiting? Yeah, um, so I would say my first job in corporate America is in sales industry. And after a year, uh, I just doesn't really feel sales uh, as a fulfilling job for me anymore. So I started to think, what else can I do? And I started to attend a lots of the networking events. I tried to find different answers, ideas. And then I met this wonderful woman in a networking event. And she actually give me some of the advice that how can I find my future path? So what I did is that I 
I kind of brainstorm uh, three positions that can fit with my passion, which I like to help people. I also like to make some impact uh, in the community and also, um, you know, like in other people's life. So I came up with three pos uh, positions. The first one was consultant position. Uh, second one was customer success manager position. Then the third one was recruiter positions. And I wrote those positions on a piece of paper. I also did some of the research um, about the job description for those roles. Um, and then I wrote um, all the pros and cons on, on the piece of the paper. I also drew a picture of that role so I can remind myself, you know, what this position can look like in the future. And I posted on the wall in my house. Um, and I started with the one that I don't want to move forward, which was consultant position. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I like to be an advisor, a, a consultant to all the people, but I know consultants have to travel a lot. And for me, the least things that I want to do in my career is actually, um, you know, traveling for work. Um, so that's the main reason that I don't feel um, consultant will be a good position for me. Then uh, for the customer success manager, for those uh, who are not familiar with this position, um, it is pretty common position in tech industry. Uh, their main responsibility is to maintain a relationship with the business clients that company have. And for me, I think because I came from a retail space, so I, I really enjoy interacting with consumer side. And that was a light bulb for me that, oh, recruiter can, can be a really good uh, opportunity to balance both business to consumer side and business to business side. Uh, if you really think about that, candidates are kind of the consumer side. And hiring managers are a business side. Uh, and for me, right now, I'm really enjoying those balance. And I would say, um, besides that, I also kind of see my own unique uh, opportunity for uh, for recruiter roles because uh, I also been through lots of obstacles and challenges as a job seeker. And I really want to utilize those experience to help others to land their job or, you know, use my um my my uh, background to kind of influence the decision maker uh, to see more diverse perspective. I also see um, the diversity inclusion opportunity, and I'm really passionate about that. And I noticed that in recruiting field, there's not lots of a diversity, even though the company it's really advocate for you know the DEI issue. Um, so I thought that you know with my background, my experience, I can probably help. And, and those are kind of my initial thoughts uh, to pursue the recruiting position. Well, that's awesome. I loved how you talked about um, your plan. Like you, you did some uh, research and you identified positions that you might be interested in, including consulting and customer success mm -hmm. and recruiting. And that's how you came to the conclusion that recruiting would be the next step in your career based on what you learned about these other jobs, one and two, based on your own interests and what excites you about what you do for work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think not lots of people will initially know what they really want to do, right? That, that's one of the things uh, for for lots of people. Uh, and for me, I thought that I would just start with the one that I don't want to move forward and see what will come. That's awesome. 
So can you tell us a little bit more about some of the challenges and roadblocks you face in your job search and career as an immigrant and how you overcame them? Yeah, so for me, I remember when I was searching for the job, there is a few challenges. And I want to talk about the first one, which I know most of the audience will have that challenge, uh, which is language and culture uh, barrier. Uh, I I would say that even though I've been living in Seattle for five years, I still have a time that I don't understand some of the conversation that maybe my colleague have or my friends have. And for me, I, I actually not shy to ask uh, question. And I think once I, I don't understand those topic, I will try to go do some of the research. And so I will ensure that next time when I hear a similar topics or conversation, I will be able to kind of provide some of the insights. Um, and I would say in my first few years, that was the most difficult time for me, um, just because uh, the language and cultural barrier. And for me, I forced myself uh, to try lots of things. So the first things I did is I forced myself to read lots of books um, because I want to improve my own reading um, speed. I also want to absorb um, different perspective and information from the book so later on I can have a deeper conversation with another person. I also force myself to watch lots of movies and it's really ironic because back in Taiwan I was never a movie fan which I know it could be uh, weird for lots of people. Um, so when I started to like to watch movie, it's because I want to practice my language skill and also um, learn about the culture um, in, in this country. And I personally believe that, you know, movie can teach you so much history and culture uh, of this uh, this country. And eventually, you know, watching movie and reading books just become a really fun activity in my own personal life. And once I started to um, looking for the job, I applied to lots of uh, positions regarding us of internship, contract role, entry position, or the roles that I know I might not accept in the end. I actually just won those interview opportunity because I know how I can improve. It's only through lots of a practice. And I, I want to have those practice to ensure that I'm prepared for um, the future opportunity that the company I really want to work for. Um, so those are the things that I I am done in my first few years. Oh, by the way, I also volunteer for our local library. So in Seattle, we have this beautiful library in downtown Seattle, um, and it attracts lots of a tourist. And so they have a small gift shop, and I was volunteer as a customer success representative. Um, so I had a chance to talk to tourists to recommend what would be a good souvenir to buy for their families, for their kids. Um, that actually gave me the opportunity to improve my communication skill and social skill. I also build really good relationship with people that I volunteer with. And she eventually become uh, my reference for my first job. 
And so I, I personally believe there is a lot of a creative ways that you can improve your language skill and, you know, increase the cultural awareness. Uh, but you just have to find uh, a fun, uh, a fun way that apply to you or, or any other things that will make you also enjoy while you are learning. And I want to say the, the second challenge, um, that I have, uh, it's lack of networks. And I'm sure also lots of audience will have a similar challenge uh, if you're newcomers. So when I'm searching for my first job, uh, even though I was in a program for nine months, um, but most of my classmates are international students. So once the program completed, they all went back to their own country. And I basically have to start from the scratch. Um, so I, again, attended lots of networking events. I utilized Eventbrite. Um, and also meet up groups to find some of the events that I can attend. And there's also another really good organization I want to recommend to the audience here, which is called Internations. Um, have you ever heard of Internations before, Mike? Uh, no, I haven't, but I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really good up, uh, organizations that they were gathering people came from different um, countries and in your city. So they have a, some of the different events in different city and, you know, international, just kind of like the organization to kind of gathering all people around the world. So I would say for the audience here, if you are not comfortable to go to those no local networking events to talk to native English speaker, you can start with internations. Um, they, you know, like, I think you can find someone who have a similar struggles like, like you. And, you know, through the conversation, you may be able to kind of exchange some of the ideas or strategies for, for job search. Um, so I highly recommend uh, internations to audience here. Um, I want, also want to say that, you know, once you have a more experience in those networking events, you feel comfortable that you can have a conversation with stranger, then I will definitely suggest to to kind of invite people for coffee meeting or informational call because when you can build that one-on-one -on -one relationship with another person, you can express your passion to them. And, and another person can also know you, um, I, I think, better, right? Because in those networking events, sometimes you have really hard time to remember who you actually talk to. Uh, but with like one-on-one -on -one chat, you have a higher chance to get their attention and help them to remember uh, your own passion. And I will say that for me, when I when I did those one-on-one -on -one chat, 70% of the time, people will actually refer me to the position that I'm looking for, or they will just connect me uh, with their network who can actually help me achieve the goal. Um, so there's a lot of ways um, you can connect with others and increase your network, uh, but you just have to find the, the right one for you. No, that's awesome. So lots of lots of gold nuggets there. I want to jump in. So the first one that I thought was really interesting was the language and cultural barrier. Let me tell you uh, why I thought this was interesting. So I started out uh, teaching English. So to get, I actually was, I worked in corporate for about 10 years. And then one day I said, I'm going to go teach English. And before I went overseas, <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, let me go get a teaching certificate first. So I could, you know, test it out, see, test the waters. And then as part of that certificate, I had to go volunteer uh, some teaching hours. And during that time, 
uh, what was interesting is I, I, I met a few people, and there's one guy who stands out to me, which I think is a really important story. His name is Vitaly, uh, and uh, he was a vice president of information technology back in Moscow, but he came to the U.S., and the first thing we worked on was he we talked about uh, getting a job here, but he was very resistant. He was very scared because you know, even though he was a VP in his former job, he he didn't he didn't know English very well. And so I offered to help him with his resume, I offered to help him with interviews, but he was he was too he was too scared to do it. He kept making excuses, said he wanted to wait. Uh, three months into working with me, he got better with English, but he also one day he comes in, he's like he said he's tired and he's sore and his shoes are muddy because of what happened was he ran out of money because he took too long to look for a job. So he ended up getting a job through a friend to do radio installation, which is, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? So no no judgment mm-hmm. there. But the point I want to make, and I think that really frustrated me, was that you know, he could have gotten a job, like if he had just started three months ago. I, I, I'm very confident because he, he was already an executive. So it's not like he wanted, he also didn't want to be an executive anymore. He just wanted to do information technology stuff. I think he wanted to be an engineer. And all I had to do was like go apply and just try but because he was he was scared, because he didn't have the communication skills already, he wasn't able to go pursue a career. So that's what happened to him. Yeah, I think that's actually uh, and and really sad things, right? For uh, for lots of uh, people that I actually help for the volunteer call, I I hear this a lot. And you know, I I also have a, one of the job seeker that I believe she uh, from Iran, and she have. Um, you know, maybe 10 years sales experience in her own country. And when he, when she came here, um, she, she have to start as a cashier. And, and that's just, you know, kind of heartbreaking for me. Um, and, and for me, you know, it's also really sad. I have two years sales experience in my country. And when I came here, I also have to kind of step down. Uh, to start as uh, a coordinator or administrator first, then I climb my ladder up, and and just all because you know the language and the cultural barrier. There's one more thing I'm going to jump in on before we move mm-hmm. on is that uh, I had a student a while back. Like this is where it's really funny because I started out teaching English, and then I turned to business English, and then it turned into career coaching. Uh, one of my first clients. Um, she was a project manager. And what was interesting is like during our time together, I'm trying to teach her English. Uh, one day she comes in uh, because and she's upset because someone made fun of her for not being social. And this is something that I think is also um, important. This might fall under the, the, the cultural barrier, but uh, definitely in the US, like one thing I've seen over and over is that a lot of international job seekers don't understand like um, how the work, workplace works in America is not based on your performance in terms of, of like, can you do the job? It's based on your ability to get along with others. In fact, uh, Ramit Sethi from I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm so grateful that I he- I heard him say this years ago. But in one of his YouTube videos, he says, at some point in your career, your technical skills don't matter. Your people skills matter more. And that's I think a lot of people don't understand that. That's one of the most important things that's uh, required for a career in the U.S. is having the communication skills. Yeah, I mean, it's actually applied to my country as well. You know, I, I think having that good people skill is really important. And I, I think it's, it's also required both, right? You need to have the technical skill and also people skill, then that will actually help you to stand out. Um, yeah, and then thank you for sharing that uh, example. I, I think that's a, one of the things that 
it's pretty common in, in corporate America right now. But I, I would still say technical skill sometimes is also important, right? People have to see your own performance. Then uh, they will actually forget about your own disadvantage, especially, you know, the accent or where you came from. And that's a, one of the things that I, I experienced. You know, I used to really afraid of my own accent. And, you know, um, I, I'm not really confident about um, being a communica- communicator. Um, and then I think it just because, um, I finally prove that I can do my work, then people starting to not notice those things. Um, so you really need to prove something first. Then, of course, um, you know, other people were starting to kind of trust you and, and starting to give you the opportunity to, to do more, more things. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good observation too, that your performance has an impact on how people feel about you. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. All right. So I know you talked about how you know you found that when you were networking that that was probably the most effective way for job searching. Were there any challenges that you had specific to networking? Did you have any problems when you were trying to do coffee chats and informational interviews? Anything bad happen? Um, I think of course in the, in the process I get lots of uh, rejection and no response and I I believe this is also applied to lots of people's experience right whenever I I have a volunteer call with other people they were told me that they try this 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 but you know nobody really respond and it, that happened to me as well but for me I I think I never let those rejection or no response stop me to to keep doing that because I I I know that I just need that one yes, right? And as I keep trying it, I know that next time I will get that one yes. I did. I didn't really care about the other no's, and and I will say that I I think that you know the one of the things that um I will say the benefit of actually doing networking events. I I kind of want to share some of the examples here uh, with the audience. It's not only that you can connect with other professionals, but also uh, you actually have a chance to learn different advice or job search tips. And for me, I actually learned a lot from just talking to people in those networking events. Um, I will give you one of the example that um, a person that I met in a networking event, he actually suggests me to create my own business card. I never thought of that. I thought the business card is only for people who have a job or business. Um, but, you know, he, he told me that why not just give it a try, you know, so when the time comes to exchange the business card, you have something to offer. So I actually did that when I was searching for my first job. Um, so on my business card, I have my name, I have my contact information, I have LinkedIn profile. I also have the title that I'm actually uh, interested in, which I call myself marketing specialist. Um, and so whenever I go to those networking events, I had a good conversation with another person. Um, and when the time comes that to exchange the business card, I have something to offer to them. And so that way they can remember me. Um, and even though eventually, you know, I didn't get any marketing job, but I remember one time I back home and I received a LinkedIn message from a person that I met in a networking event. And he actually um, you know, provide a recruiter's contact information with me from Starbucks. Um, he said he remembered that I'm looking for a marketing position. Um, so it, it works in some way, right? Like you, you just have to give lots of ideas a try and see which one actually stick. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you're a job search advisor for immigrants. Uh, what are some of the unique challenges and misconceptions immigrants have in their job search that we, we may not have covered already? Um, yeah, I think um, there's probably the two things I want to talk about. Uh, the first thing is, you know, for the immigrant, this is will be unique challenge. Um, and myself experienced the same thing that, you know, at one moment, um, they will shame of where they came from and who they are. And I have that time to kind of lost my own self identity. Um, and how I overcome that, uh, I read lots of a self help book. You know, I, I feel like books sometimes can give me answer and give me the time to reflect my own actions and, and just myself. Um, I also talk to lots of people. Um, you know, I like to gathering different perspectives and just trying to kind of verify if the thoughts that myself have is that true or false. Um, so I think, you know, talking to other people, gathering different answer and perspectives, it's going to be really helpful. Um, and I will say that back then I was, again, I was not really confident about my communication skill because I have the accent and I talk about this fear with, uh, English, like English speaker. And he actually gave me a really positive perspective that I never thought of it. Um, so he told me that, you know, you don't have to shame of your own accent. It's actually because you have that accent. So, you are more um, approachable to people uh, and people are more willing to trust you and you have higher opportunity to talk to people who came from different backgrounds. And and that, I, I guess that positive words just really break my own negative thoughts and that actually boosts my loss of confidence. So now I, I also kind of share this, you know, story with other person who kind of fear of their own accent or where they came from. You know, I, I think if you are willing to step up your comfort zone, talk to other person and learn about different perspective, you'll be surprised. There are, there are actually lots of uh, um, good things can happen. And also, I, I guess, also kind of break your own negative thoughts and help you to see your disadvantage into a unique strength. Well, that's awesome. No, that's that's a cool. That's a very good point about about the the insights you get from um, talking to people as well as from reading self help books to identify and figure out is are the beliefs you have true. So I think that's really important. Because a lot of people don't understand. Like, I think a lot of people have shame. A lot mm -hmm. of international jobs because have shame around the lack of English. And um, the reality is that, at least in my experience, like I, I'm a former six figure consultant, I've seen people at the six figure level who have strong accents. And when I say strong accent, like we'll be in the office and we'll try to be doing a conference call and he'll, the guy will be speaking and he'll have to repeat himself multiple times so people can hear him. And, you know, the accent itself is not a big deal. Like it's, 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 mm -hmm. it's not great, but it's not a, it's not a big problem either. It's not insurmountable. It's just something to think about. So I think a lot of people have to start questioning um, how significant their beliefs are and, you know, what can they do about it? Yeah. And again, I think this also comes to lots of practice, right? Um, how you gain those confidence. Maybe you, you, again, you have to have some performance in your work and you gain more confidence. Then people give you some compliment or people acknowledge that you can do this job. Then you will forget about your own disadvantage. And, you know, for me, I, I know I, I'm always trying to be just helpful for my candidates. So 
maybe I will have some accent, but but so what? You know, like I I will always provide a best you know candidate experience with with them, and you know I, I think that's kind of one um the the most important things. You know, do your job first, then then people will see you in in different way. Well, that's awesome. What advice do you have for international and immigrant professionals who are currently in their job search journey? Yeah, uh, I think there's a three things I want to talk about. Um, the first advice, um, set a goal for yourself, especially in the beginning of your job search journey. Um, you know, I, I think it's not only going to benefit you, and but also you're going to help another person that you connect to understand um, what what resource or connections that can actually help you to achieve your goal. So be really specific about your your goal when you're starting to do your uh, job search. Um, you know, no matter that's uh, employment type or uh, the level of the job, the role itself, the industry, just be really specific so you can make sure that you are on the right track. And I want to share some of my experience when I'm searching for the job, how I set a goal. I have this ultimate goal that, you know, I want to get into the recruiting position in this, this industry or company. And I also have a daily and weekly goal for myself. Um, so, you know, I, I told myself I need to apply to 10 jobs online and also reach to 10 relevant professionals on LinkedIn per day. So that's my daily goal. I also have my weekly goal. I told myself I have to set three coffee meeting or informational interview with another person and attend at least two networking events per week. So that's my weekly uh, goal. And I think it's really, really important to have those goals in mind. So that way you feel like you accomplish something every day or every week. And maybe after a month, if those things doesn't really get you anywhere, you, you started to think, what else can I do? And, you know, how can I add any other actions on top of those goals? Um, so I would say the first thing is having a goal in your mind is really, really important. Uh, the second things, I think I already talked about this in the entire conversation, which get out of your comfort zone because now the market is really competitive. I, I had a, a volunteer call with a job seeker. He literally said now it's just kind of a war zone out there. Um, so how you stand out, you, you just have to be really creative. Think about non-traditional way to find, um, to do the job search. Um, you know, no matter that, you're attending virtual networking event, you know, reaching out to um, professionals on LinkedIn or post um, post the, the content on LinkedIn or all the social media to attract people or leave the comments on people's uh, social posts or, you know, any other things that you can think uh, that can connect with other people online. There's still lots of a way that you know, the people have not thought about it. And I want to share one example that I see uh, in the past. And I think that's the most creative uh, strategy that I ever seen in my life. Um, so a few years ago, um, I remember there's a there's a video. It's really popular. I'm not sure it's on LinkedIn or other social media, but it's super popular. That person is a is a job seeker and she wrote a song with her own career experience and she she sang it with playing the piano 
Uh, and then she posts that video on, I, I assume it's going to be LinkedIn because she's looking for the job. Um, so she posts that video on LinkedIn and it got lots of reactions. Even, even me, I remember that, um, after like a few years later. And, and that's what I want to say because there's so many creative ways that you can do, but you just have to get comfortable to, to take that first step. And I want to talk about the last piece of advice um, to the audience here. Um, I know searching for the job is like the full-time position. Um, it, it can drain your energy, your emotion. So please take care of yourself first. Um, if you're starting to feel really stressed, stressed out during this job search journey, maybe, you know, take some of a walk, maybe take some of a break uh, to do something else that can kind of help boost your confidence or maybe clean your mind because it's really important to have a, a mental break. Um, and this is not only for yourself. You want to make sure that you present the best version of yourself when you are meeting with another person or doing the interview um, because nobody really trying to um, you know, get closer to someone who have that negative vibe. I, I think the people are willing to help another person is because they see um, a person who have a positive energy, a resilient attitude. And then so that will attract people want to um, give that person a help. So be that person, you know, have that positive energy, resilient attitude. And that way you can help people remember you. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Lydia, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, I think the best way that people can get in touch with me will be on LinkedIn. Okay, great. We'll make sure your LinkedIn is on uh, the show notes. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Lydia. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the International Career Show. For all the show notes and resources listed for this episode, head over to michaelsbusinessenglish.com forward slash podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you liked so we can continue improving the show. If you'd like to interact with me and other fans of the show, join our private community. Check the show notes for details on how to get in. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Rincon, signing off.